Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, hello! I am Matt Williamson. This is the first ever playoff preview podcast for the Locked On NFL podcast. Hopefully there's many, many more years to come down the road. But we got Wild Card Weekend, and today's show is all about previewing all four of those games. I'll make a pick at the end. Not the best slate, but hey, it's playoff football. Everything matters. Uh, there is one game I'm very intrigued with, but um, let's start with the one that Greg Rosenthal so aptly said is the first playoff game I can remember that doesn't have playoff implications. I love that. I'm going to keep quoting that over and over. But Oakland with Matt Moore, or not Matt Moore, Oakland with Connor Cook, another CCMM guy, uh, goes to face Brock Osweiler and the Houston Texans. So let's talk about when the Cook has the ball here. You know, Donald Penn's banged up. Osemele's banged up. But this team, even with Carr, played more six offensive line sets than any team in the league. I would think those percentages only go up. You know, let's make Cook's life easier. Maybe we'll take some deep shots. To me, that's a huge key here. Cook throws the ball pretty well. He's got a week to prepare. Really good coaching staff in terms of manipulating coverages and route combinations, designing offenses, designing offenses around the strengths of their team. So my hunch is, I think a lot of us are thinking, whoever runs the ball in this game wins. And that's probably true. But I also think when you have six receiver sets and you do some max protect, Cooper, Crabtree, especially Cooper, has to beat a really good set of corners for a big play or two. I think you have to take four or five shots with Max Protect. Clowney and Merciless will be difficult to keep off Cook. Merciless is a much, much better pass rusher than I think you realize. Um, uh, That's no offense. (laughs) I also just wrote an article comparing Khalil Mack and Clowney and these situations, and I, I urge you to check that out on my timeline too. They're very different players in my opinion. But that comes out today. Um, But I think they need to take shots. When these guys met in Mexico City several weeks ago, the combination of Washington and the the, the receiving tight backs of these guys, you know, they they did a number on on the linebackers, the short passing game. I think that's going to be a staple too, that – that crew's pretty good as receivers. Not, I don't know that this is going to be Latavis Murray behind 6-0 line running into Vince Wilfork all day. I think that Oakland's going to throw the ball more than people think. A lot of short stuff to those running backs. A lot of... And a couple deep shots. And to me, that'll be the difference if this is a win or a loss. I think they have a chance to have some more success here than people think. It's not going to be a high-scoring game. 
Uh, and yes, whoever runs the ball better probably does win. A huge key to me, too, I know the Texans have only lost one game at home, but I don't feel like that's like going to Seattle or a massive home field advantage. But because this is probably going to be a close game, I don't think anyone out there envisions either team putting up 30 points or winning by three touchdowns. The Texans are by far, and we talked about this on Wednesday, the worst team on special teams in the playoffs. The Raiders are average of the 12. You know, Janikowski's good. Um, But the Texans are terrible. And it's only one game. Maybe they won't have a blunder. But if they do, that might be enough for them to lose what should be a very, very close, low-scoring game. You know, one bounce could kill you type of game. On the other side of the ball, I think they're going to have a really difficult time blocking Khalil Mack. They also get Carl Joseph back, and the numbers really show, and he's a really good young player, that this defense has been much better when he's in the lineup. Mario Edwards is also healthy now. He's a high-quality player that wasn't there at the beginning of the year. I don't love the Texans' offensive line. Um, I do like the Fuller and Hopkins matchups, and I think Miller pro- could have more success than Murray. Do I trust Osweiler? No, but I guess he gets the nod over Cook, although I kind of like... You know, what Cook's got going there, too. You know, of the four units, clearly the Texans' defense is the best of them. I felt like I kind of sold them short there when I was talking about when Oakland had the ball. But I don't know what Houston... I mean, Houston's been historically bad on special teams and offense. And I know that the the Raiders' defense isn't great, but it, it is healthier. And they have some problem guys. You know, Irvin, Mack, Edwards, Joseph that I mentioned that I think they cause some havoc. And the special teams is the one that gives me the nod to go with Oakland here. I do think Osweiler, although it doesn't seem like it's in his DNA, that they need to take a couple shots too. I mean, I think you got to get Fuller one-on-one outside the numbers and throw him three passes, 40-plus yards. You know, a big play from either offense would go a very, very long way. I just like the Raiders' chances of executing it better, protecting, you know, pulling that off. I think they're going to dink and dunk them to death with with those running backs. Um, Not a great matchup for Houston. And I think people are selling the Raiders are a little bit short. So, give me Oakland. All right, now the second game is the Lions traveling to Seattle. A nasty, nasty place to play. And frankly, I don't think the Lions are ready for such a challenge in the playoffs. Seattle's not the same team as they've been. Um... When we get together Monday, you know, maybe I will say things like, boy, Seattle's back. They're who I thought they were. But I can't say that now. I'm still going to take them to win. Uh, I think they are the better team. I'm a little down on the Lions. They've lost three in a row. They're not scoring touchdowns. They're turning the ball over. this la- Since Stafford's finger injury, the offense has been brutal. They're trying to get Zenner going. I get that. I just don't think they will in Seattle. Earl Thomas's loss has been felt massively. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a great player. That makes sense. Um, but is Stafford going to take shots in the middle of the field with his receivers and, and make them pay for that lack of great free safety play? I don't know. I tend to think not. I tend to think we'll get more man coverage from Seattle than we're accustomed to. Um I think the pass rush will be strong, but Stafford will try to get the the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, 
But that's why I think we'll get more man coverage, too. You know, Sherman disrupting Tate or Jones and trying to take away that quick hitting passing game. And, yeah, that might leave you vulnerable without Thomas at, at free safety. You know, maybe Ebron gets free on the, down the seam. But K.J. Wright and, and Cam Chancellor, I think, will do a pretty good job on him, let alone Bobby Wagner. Just wrote an article about him saying without Keekley in the lineup, you know, he was the best second-level defender in the league this year. He may be on a career, a Hall of Fame career pace too. So I think the Lions will move the ball, but I think Stafford's going to get hit. I don't think they'll run the ball. And I don't think their weapons are enough, even without Earl. On the other side of the ball, they need to rush the passer. I mean, they have not. Ansa's rushed the passer better lately than his sack numbers would indicate. And they got Ryder, and they got some guys, you know. I mean, I do think they're a better pass-rushing team than the numbers indicate. But they have to hit Wilson, who seems healthier now. Offensive line is obviously a problem area. Don't think that Seattle will have a whole lot of success running the ball. But I think Wilson's in for a big game. I don't think they'll get to him very often. Slay is supposed to play, but he's not 100%. This, but who's he guard? You know, like, all respect to Baldwin. I mean, he's not Des Bryant. He's not Julio Jones. You know, I mean, there's not a true ex-ISO type guy for Slay to lock down or do battle with one-on-one. And I think those linebackers and safeties are in for a real long day. And the X-factor here is Jimmy Graham. I mean, I think Jimmy Graham goes crazy. You know, that he's the, the game MVP. Two touchdowns, 110, gash in the middle of the field, red zone. Um, I think he's the guy that Detroit has no answer for. So in Seattle, I don't think Detroit's ready as a franchise to win such a game. Um, I don't. I think my opinion on Seattle might change on Monday. They're the team that's really I have a hard time grasping my head around right now. I think they should be better, but they're out of sync. Their running game's hard to count on. The line's a problem. The Thomas injury is extreme. But I think they get this win. And I don't think the fourth quarter is super competitive. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Sunday, 1 o'clock. The Dolphins come to Pittsburgh. Now, my when Miami has the ball, I kind of look... I'm going to sum it up quick. You know, we'll, we'll get into the, the smaller nuances of this game first. But I feel like Miami's offense against the Steelers' defense is pretty much a wash despite what Jay Ajayi did earlier in the year, and we'll get to that in a second too. I think the other side of the ball is a nightmare for Miami. I mean, that's why I'm going to take Pittsburgh big in this game. I think Miami's defense is going to be completely overwhelmed. But when Miami has the ball, Ajayi has been phenomenal. He's not a flash in the pan. He's a great player, but he's fighting a shoulder injury. We already know he's got a chronic knee. He's had a ton of carries since that Steeler game. In that Steeler game, their run defense was just dreadful. They're tackling, they're fits. I think they're younger guys now. The first three picks in the draft with Pittsburgh are playing the run much better, understand their responsibilities a lot more. 
Steelers are a little healthier. Shazier's a big-time difference maker. And I know people that were at that game. I mean, the Steelers were in their black jerseys with sun beating down on them and were tired. They were fatigued in that game. It's not an excuse. I don't think that'll be the case in Pittsburgh. Um, the Steelers' corners, Cockrell, Gay, Burns, I think can do a pretty good job against Landry, Stills, and uh, yeah, Parker, obviously. I'm curious how much the Steelers blitz in this game. They've been getting a lot of pressure lately. But I wonder if they play coverage a little bit more and, and, and take this approach of let's not let Stills or Parker get behind us. If they're going to nickel and dime us with Landry and those type of guys, fine. If Matt Moore can, can sustain dozen play drives over and over, good for you. Then maybe you can keep up with Ben and Bell and Brown. So I don't know that the Steelers play this one real risky, but... Um, I do think shutting down the run is the key. I think Miami will play slow, quote, shorten the game, use the whole play clock, try to limit the total amount of snaps in this game. And I think their offense will move the ball. I think they'll move the ball pretty successfully. Hopefully more doesn't make the big mistake. But again, the other side of the ball to me is a massive, massive problem. Steelers offense, you look at the, the Dolphins, Two backup safeties. Their best corner, Maxwell, is probably not going to play. Lepet's played better, but he's not a great player yet. That's for sure. Linebackers are a problem. Love their defensive line, but I like Pittsburgh's offensive line better than I like their defensive line. Um, the Dolphins have been gashed on the ground lately. Well, that's a problem. I mean, a Le'Veon Bell-based offense. Ben is way better at home and on the road for whatever odd reason. Who knows? Guys like Ladarius Green are coming back. This offense should be very fresh after basically a Week 17 bye week against the Browns at home. And then what do you do about Antonio Brown? I mean, if Maxwell were there and healthy, I would think they could you know, limit him a little bit. But bad safeties, bad corners, Steelers should be able to hold up in their pass, you know, the pass protection. I just think that the Steelers offense goes off in this game. And I don't think Matt Moore, and with all respect to Ajayi and Parker and Landry and those guys who I like a lot, and a pretty good young offensive line that's without Pouncey. Pouncey Brothers, one Pouncey Brother. The Miami Pouncey Brother won't be there. That's big. I just think Pittsburgh's offense is way too much in this game. The last game, to me, is the grand finale. Should be the best game. Well... Most important game, the best game. It should be the best game. I've said I've made the mistake throughout the week saying this should be the most competitive game. Uh, that first game, I mean, Oakland-Houston uh, should be highly competitive. It just doesn't mean a lot because they're probably going to go to New England and get squashed next week. But I think the Giants are a really bad matchup for the Packers. When the Giants have the ball, Justin Pugh is back. And they've moved the Perkins as their feature back. And not coincidentally, the running game has improved a great deal over the last three or four weeks. Packers have a good run defense, though. So if they can keep them honest with a run game, that to me is a win from New York. Every time I look at New York's offense, I always think, can Odell go bonkers in this game? If he can, I like their chances. And he's obviously awesome and he can go bonkers in just about any game. But boy, he could blow up in this one. If they can protect reasonably well, and that's a question. I mean, there's some good pass rushers in, from Green Bay. 
I think Odell tortures these corners. You know, they've allowed a ton of big plays. They've gone through a lot of corners. I think that's a massive, massive problem. I mean, if he goes for 185 and two touchdowns with some big plays in there and backbreakers, Giants are in it. And I think that's a possibility, you know, with an, you know, keep you honest running game, Shepard move the chains. Um, but I don't trust Eli. I mean, it comes down to that a lot. I certainly trust Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay more than I trust Eli. But the other side of the ball, you know, like I said on Wednesday, the Giants to me have the best defense in the playoffs pretty easily. Uh, Packers run game, I don't think it does much. You know, I mean, their their line is better in protection. It's very good in protection than it is in the run game. And I don't think they're moving Snacks Harrison and Hankins and Vernon. Um, Ty Montgomery's impressive, but he's inconsistent. So I think this is a Rodgers versus Eli game, which always will favor Rodgers. But, you know, I also think you're going to see a lot of man coverage. Janoris Jenkins should be back. I think he's on Nelson. Probably get DRC or get DRC or Apple on uh, Devontae. No, it will be Apple. And DRC will probably take the slot uh, against Cobb, who's supposed to be back. I do think Cook presents a big problem for them, too. As well as Landon Collins is playing, he's not great in coverage. And tight ends are about the only position that consistently does damage against this Giants defense. So I think Cook needs to have a big game and is very capable of doing so. He's been a great addition. He's playing really well right now, too. But in general, the Packers' receivers' passing game does much worse against press man coverage than they do against zones. So I think they're going to see a lot of press man coverage. The wild card here is what does Spagnolo do from a blitz standpoint? He, I'm pretty sure that of the 16, 16 games this year, his lowest blitz percentage of the year was when they played the Packers earlier in the season, which isn't uncommon. Blitzing Aaron Rodgers is a bad recipe for success. I mean, he's nasty against the blitz historically. One of the best, I think, of all time, numbers-wise. And he's just, you know, he's a killer. So, last time they didn't blitz. Do they change their tune? They trust their corners on, quote, islands more and blitz them? Maybe. Because I like Vernon, but I don't think they get to Rodgers with enough consistently without a lot of blitz. Those tackles for the Packers are playing really well. The line in general is really good in protection. And I think if you just, I mean, it comes down to this. If Rodgers has a lot of time to throw, I don't care who the secondary members are. He's going to carve you up. But I think it's tough sledding. And that's why I'm taking the Packers at home. Blitz, I think he beats you. You don't blitz him, I think he has too much time. And he's playing too well. Eli's playing too poorly. But if the Giants won this game in a close one, it wouldn't surprise me. I've said all week that I think this is a bad matchup for Green Bay. This isn't a, a team that they should be excited about playing. That's what they do well. Odell, this, the nature of their defense is what the Packers do poorly. But the pass rush to me is... The difference, and oh, by the way, I like Aaron Rodgers more than I like Eli Manning by leaps and bounds this year. You know, if you're ranking the quarterbacks in the NFL right now, Rodgers at worst is number two. Eli might not be in the top 20. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying that, but he might not be anymore. He, I really don't like the way he's played at all this year. Could he go crazy in the postseason like he did and take this team to the Super Bowl? Maybe. I bet he doesn't. 
that's going to do it. Hope these uh, give me some feedback. I thought these were pretty good in-depth breakdowns compared to what we usually do during the season. Uh, tweet me if you have more questions. Check out the rest of the uh, less, lo, rest of the Locked On Network. Check out all your favorite teams. Check out these playoff teams for their individual podcasts. Send me a note on Twitter at Williamson NFL and please spread the word about the podcast in general. Be well. Take care. Have a great weekend. Happy playoff weekend.